Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band is preparing to board an abandoned medical frigate. Eli chose the method of approach, Atticus collected the appropriate breaching tools, and Valentine met with Morgan to discuss what she'd learned about Interrogator Cora. What will happen when Morgan's empathy for the Interrogator comes head-to-head with Valentine's paranoia? Find out next in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. Never challenge an Inquisitor when there's death on the line. Old Inquisitorial Proverb. Morgan, you are lying to the Inquisitor's face about uh, Interrogator Cora and what you've observed of her, and more importantly, the empathy uh, you're starting to feel for her as a a shadow of the the life you once led. Valentine, you are trying to determine whether or not uh, Morgan Rawls is a reliable member of your party and what's to be done about a problem like Cora. You both uh, put together your pools uh, last episode. You have rolled. Let's hear the results. I'll go first because it's probably not enough. (laughs) (laughs) One success, one advantage. Oof. Three successes and two advantage. Fuck me. <laughs> no so Valentine, that. <laughs> you see right through it. You make an interesting point. She may be of more use to us alive than dead. I'll take this into consideration. Hopefully she passes her sobriety test in a week and she doesn't have some sort of hidden stash you're not away aware of. And then we can move forward with the possibility of a positive relationship. The possibility, to be clear. 
I would like a foolproof plan from you for a way to carry out the assassination within the next week, should that become necessary. It shall be done, Inquisitor. Based on your observation, do you believe she should be brought on this mission? I think that she is not doing any good to anyone lingering in her room. Considering she is an inquisitorial agent, I think that doing something would probably be better than what she has been doing. I'll second her to you. We don't have any more maglock boots, but the two of you can act as forward scouts moving through the ship. If that is what you wish me to do, I do not know how good she is at sneaking, but... That is what I wish you to do, so do it. Maybe you can teach her something. It's a good moment for everyone. Also, it's theoretically close to zero gravity and minimal atmosphere. You won't be able to make that much noise to begin with. That is true. All right, Inquisitor. Shall we be on our way, then? Absolutely. I'm just going to check a few notes. She will let herself out. She's going to go get Cora now. Great, great, great. <laughs> and he's just going to close the door and take a moment to himself and just say, tremendously disappointing. But hey, you always send me some bonuses I don't expect, don't you, big guy? Uh, and he's just going to cheer himself up knowing that the Emperor sent him this problem uh, and then go off to join the boarding party. <laughs> All right. Um, Atticus, uh you have you got the, uh, the the torch that you need for the, the breach, uh, but you had to get it from Kotov's lab. Um, you can see he's tooled it up a bit, which again um, is is annoying to you. Um, but he is also tooling up uh, to come on the mission. Uh, is there anything in particular you're looking for or wanting to do, um, kind of in when you have this moment alone with Kotov before you go join the main group? Other than like squishes head like a grape, which I know is like always front of mind for you, <laughs> but not something you're currently able to do no just uh silently appraising his every move um and weighing <laughs> whether it is heretical or not cool um it doesn't seem to be other than the fact that he's got xenos tech that he's you know bringing along heretical enough for me uh <laughs> If he's, he's bringing Xenos technology along? Hey, he's bringing his best stuff. So he's, you know, it's not, he's not purely carrying Imperium stuff. It's similar to the the helmet um, that he uses for the, the brain scans. It's just like he's slapped together. He's got like an auspix that's like got some weird tau shit sticking out of it. Um, you know, it's just augmented stuff with bits and bobs. All right. It literally um, looks like a classic games workshop. I bought a bunch of sprues at a sale and just cut little bits off and glued them wherever I wanted kind of thing. I mean, Atticus will definitely report that to Valentine ahead of this mission. Say, like, he'll, he'll like once Kotov is, is ready to leave, mm -hmm. he will also leave and just briefly uh, try to reach the Inquisitor privately. I, I think mean, you'd probably find Valentine in the hallway yeah. on the way there okay. kind of thing. Sir Kotov is bringing blasphemous equipment along on this mission. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, 
Well, do you think it's appropriate, I mean, to desecrate the halls of a mighty imperial vessel such as that one out there with, you know, whatever that muck is he's carting about? The thing we have to balance that against is how effective will Kotov be without his chosen equipment? Because I need to save the Emperor, and if that requires dragging a heretic along with his heretical equipment, which we are already allowing in our general person, through an abandoned ship that theoretically is hallowed, but could be from an age past, or even from, shall we say, uh, a darker persuasion over time, I'm willing to make that exchange to be sure that we get the data we need to save the Emperor. That's all I needed to hear, sir. Excellent. Though the fact that you're bringing these things to me and considering them on an ongoing basis is impressive. You're thinking the right thoughts. We're just teaching you to think a few more steps ahead in the chess game. Well, thank you, sir. I was assigned to keep an eye out for heretical activity and report it, and I will continue to do so. Excellent, Colonel. Excellent. And in his head, he's like, I can make this guy kill someone if I need to. There's one useful fucking person on this goddamn boat. Make. As if it wouldn't be an absolute pleasure. <laughs> wow. It'd be a pleasure for Kotov. There are a lot of people on this boat who might need That's to true. be eliminated at some point. That is true. <laughs> um, Eli, is there anything you'd be doing uh, prior to the boarding action? I mean, you are in your element. We're we're finally doing a boarding, which is nice. But um, is are there any preparations you'd be be doing? I have cleaned all of my weapons. I have double checked the aspects in my armor, uh, uh, and then done a quick lap, uh, just to remind everyone of their. Uh, duties during boarding action. In and case the it. drills didn't get the message across. Yeah, just in case. Well, just the drills were case. defensive. We're going offensive now. It's it's uh. it's a different game. <laughs> uh, and I think yeah, when it comes actually, to the boarding action, Valentine would give Eli basically full command. Eli knows more about boarding actions and about ship structure than anybody else. So to be like, you've got yeah. Cora. And Morgan functioning as scouts. You've got the rest of the team with you. We need to find the beacon. We need to steal whatever information we can. Those are our primary objectives. Secondary, if we can find, depending on where that leads us. If it leads us somewhere near the bridge, I'd love to know the mystery of what the chug happened to this vessel. But otherwise, the priority is determine purpose of beacon. Find information regarding the ships we are looking for. Anything else is peripheral. This vessel was the size of a city, sir. How much time are we uh, giving to this mission? Well, we're not planning on bringing a lot of food with us, and the atmosphere is an ongoing concern, so hopefully we can do this within the first six to eight hours, but we'll take the time that's necessary. Understood, sir. All right. So with that, um, you, uh, you're prepared. Uh, you're kind of brought to the um, uh, the... I guess the it would probably be the cargo bay, um, which is where you kind of initially entered the ship. Um, that would also have one of these sort of um, like umbilicals that could likely stick to something if it needed to uh, to get the, the breach action you need. Um, uh, with Father Marcellus at his side, uh, Grimly maneuvers uh, the Marnie's song 
kind of along um, the, uh, the the side of the ship. Um, I think at this point, um, he's probably got a searchlight um, on in order to mm-hmm. kind of get a sense of, of what we're looking at. Um, and again, you can see the odd shape of this old ship. Um, you can see written in Gothic um, kind of across the, the bridge over the main sort of viewport, um, the... Uh, the name of the ship, uh, Mercy for the Pure, um, which has like the the Medicaid sigil, an older version of the Medicaid sigil, um, kind of. How much it. older? Not that much older. Like it's it's the kind of thing where it's you know a couple logo redesigns old. Not okay. like this. Basically, this isn't Golden Age. Uh, like it's not so old that it's like oh holy shit. Um, yeah. gotcha. But it's yeah. It's old enough that you're like, oh, okay, but it's not, uh, it's not like out of memory old. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Um, the light uh, dances across the the main viewport of uh, the bridge, casting shadows. Um, you see no movement. Um, obviously, it's something that everyone is very acutely looking for on the bridge. Um, Coming out alongside, um, you can basically see that there are two um, wings, um, building wings attached to the side of uh, the ship that you're coming around on. Um, You can think of these as kind of large, rectangular, um, two-story building structures. Um, So you would imagine uh, probably two floors, um, but uh, yeah, like the wing you would expect to find in a hospital for for various things. Um, so there are two of these two-story structures um, connected by um, a large um, sort of massive, uh, think like a walkway bridge type situation that you'd see kind of between two buildings over a road, um, but built into it um, and built permanent. It doesn't have like windows and stuff. It's 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 built to, to allow um, traffic between them, basically a small hallway. Um, and from that, uh, there's one that connects it to the main ship, and then there's one connecting the two the two wings to each other. Uh, and then finally, there's the uh, the crash pad, uh, which is a small drop off space. It's a little platform um, that looks like it can retract, um, kind of swing down under the uh, the wing it's attached to. Um, it does seem to have a um, a kind of uh, dome um, that can quickly uh, be popped up over it. Um, however, uh, that seems to be kind of, uh, shattered and, um, like it's, it's down, but, um, there's, there's a, like, it's clearly broken long ago and is, is open to the elements. So it's one of those weird things where the rib cage of it is still over top of the, uh, the pad, but, uh, there's, there's nothing to, to give you the, the, the atmosphere you need. So, um, Grimly, uh, brings the ship down. Um, onto the crash pad. Uh, the ship is a little big for this. This is really meant for a, a smaller craft to just kind of dump dump people. So it's it's a bit awkward. Good news is there's no gravity in space. So it's not like you got to worry about tipping off and just like stumbling off into, into nowhere. He's able to, to get you down. Um, he extends the umbilical and uh, basically just comes over, uh, over the Vox um, and says... Uh, all right, this is as as close as I can get you. It's uh, it's up to you all now. Uh, best of luck, Inquisitor. And they just hear the cock of a shotgun. He's like, "We'll be waiting for you. Not going anywhere. Just waiting for you. Whenever you're done, um, Emperor Speed." 
Excellent. Eli, I'm handing operational command over to you at this point. Aye, sir. All right. Let's get into our boarding order. Atticus will, will move up to the front with shield and a fist at the ready. Excellent. Um, and who has the biggest weapons? Who, who else coming? Is it just... So the... it's Eli, we've got Atticus, we've got Morgan, we've got Interrogator Cora, and then pulling up the rear, at least of this first thing, would probably be Gideon Kotov and Valentine. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, all right, Atticus, you'll be uh, opening a, heh, an entryway into this, and Morgan, you and I will be covering that hole. If anything comes out, it's getting blasted immediately. Aye, aye, Eli. Morgan has a sniper rifle. <laughs> And I think Cora um, is likely over your shoulder, Morgan, um, with uh, with her pistol drawn. And it's very much one of those, like, if the sniper misses the thing running at us, then I shoot it mm-hmm. in the face a bunch. Um, she's silent, um, determined. You get the sense that um, Valentine, at least for you, like, the training is starting to come through on her, which is just like, oh yeah, she knows her shit and more importantly knows how to stay out of the way. Um, like she picked the right the right place without being told and it's just kind of there. Um, Gideon Kotov, despite all of his wackiness, is uh, making himself scarce. Um, you can see from like his clicking mechanical fingers uh, that every so often he's almost gold blooming something in and then thinking better of it, uh, realizing just how, how dire this situation is. Um, so you hear the occasional like uh-huh, uh-huh, from behind you, but uh, otherwise he's he's keeping it together, just popping his his lenses back in uh, Perfect. from time and to time. Valentine is just shadowing Kotov because he's the person who's like the brain of this operation. They need him to get to the data terminal and then theoretically get back with whatever. He's also mm-hmm. not the most trustworthy member of the party. So yeah, Valentine is like refractor field on bolt pistol in one hand, power sword in the other, but sticking by Kotov at the back of the group. All right, sir. Atticus, Rawls, Cora, and I will be securing the pathway back to our ship as we move forward. Every single room is either locked or cleared. Understood? Understood. Affirmative. All right. Okay. Commencing breach. Hey, this is Nero Abagnale from uh, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy. And look, if you want to help support us in pulling back the curtain on uh, some of the mysteries of the galaxy, like, uh, you know, figuring out what all this horror stuff means or uh, finding these uh, these uh, new men, well, we're going to need your help. So for just the cost of a dollar a month, you can join our, our Patreon at patreon.com slash dice. And yeah, for just that, you can talk to other fans in the Discord, swap theories about uh, the nature of the Golden Throne, uh, about, you know, what really 
happened <laughs> back in the day. You can really get to the heart of things. Or, you know, at $5, you can listen to this very show ad-free, uh, as well as some of our other shows. Uh, at uh, $15, you can add some names to the shows. You can hear your own, uh, you know, names showing up and stuff. And at $25, you can create your very own character who will go with us on some of our adventures, as well as uh, getting your name added to the credits, which is a good way to immortalize yourself, you know, like like Horace did when he got his name added to the credits of history, you know? So uh, if you want to be like Horace, go to uh, patreon.com slash dumdumdice. It's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. And, you know, we'll figure this out together. Atticus, I'm just going to let you have this. Um, I think you've, you've got the right tools and there's nothing really stopping you. Um, okay. So on Eli's order, um, the, uh, the the welder kind of like snaps to life, um, you know, reflected sparks blasting off it, kind of re- reflected in your, your glasses as, um, as you cut a hole. There's um, a slight drop in pressure when you, you do breach the door um, just as, as things stabilize. Um, a good way to think of this is uh, kind of like breathing mountain air where, you, I mean, you've got your breathers on anyway, but it's, there's, there's a bit of that floaty sense um, where, you know, fabric isn't as heavily draped on you, but um, you're able to walk um, without much difficulty. It's a little strange, but it's not, it's, you know, gravity's just off a little bit for you. Um, okay. The, uh you know, you, you weld open the door enough that you can kind of like force it with your, your arm. Um, and, uh, you're immediately, um, uh, like you, you know, door opens and you find yourselves in a, uh, what's clearly kind of a triage space. Um, so there are, um, a number of lifts. Um, you can think of this almost as if you've ever been in, um, one of those buildings that has a, a sort of an atrium in the center of it. Um, so there are kind of individual, um, triage stalls set up kind of along the walls, um, on both floors. There are also a number of, um, almost like cargo, not cargo elevators. That's probably the wrong term. Uh, almost like a dumb waiter. Like they're very simple elevators just to get you from this floor down. So basically as people run in with stretchers, they can just kind of get shunted off to wherever they need to go. Um, below you, because um, it's not a hugely wide walkway, it's probably about um, two meters wide um, or roughly, I don't know, we'll say 10, 12 feet. Um, no, it's wrong. 10 feet? 10 feet. Um, wide enough to run two stretchers very easily um, back and forth. Um, you can see down below there's more space for kind of like, if you need to lay a bunch of people out, that's where you can do it. Up here there's more kind of like send them to the sides, figure out their shit, and then we can move them through. Um, the lights are off, um, obviously, um, but I imagine you all have those classic sci-fi, you know, like <laughs> flashlight shoulder things from all mm-hmm. the survival horror games. Um, and looking around, things are quiet in in the, the, the triage wing. Um, it is empty. Um, there is gear scattered around, um, stretchers, uh, you can see like obviously bandages, that sort of thing. And very classic kind of abandoned hospital vibes. Things are kind of strewn about, um, not that it's been ransacked necessarily, but just kind of from, uh, movement and neglect, um, things, you know, having fallen off tables, that sort of thing. Um, in the center, sort of looking into this room, Across directly across from you, um, both on the floor, floor beneath you and the floor you're on, 
um, are entryways through the hallways that you saw outside with kind of those classic hospital flappy flap doors mm-hmm. um, that are uh, currently shut. Um, but you can see that they kind of lead uh, further in. Um, from where you're standing, um, signage um, seems to indicate that they lead to um, ER1. Or sorry, ER2. Uh, so, Tom, mm-hmm. it. so if I understand this, it looks like it was abandoned in a hurry. I mean, that might take some some roles. Okay. <laughs> Perhaps. Because what with, I want to see is that uh, if it looks like... Uh, if the if the pattern of you know strewn shit all over looks like it was hastily abandoned, or if it has been moved since, mm-hmm. just to is there like someone still hiding out here? Has someone been through here? Gotcha. Okay. Um, so Eli will be doing that. Um, Valentine, Atticus, and Morgan. The way I think we're going to treat this is that Cora and Gideon will essentially be, you can almost think of them as like skills you can use rather than um, characters acting on their own initiative. So it's the kind of thing where it's like, hey, like Valentine can be like, I want to slice that terminal. It's like, great, we're going to make Gideon. It's basically stealing the Star Trek system from um, Mephidius, which is like, Valentine doesn't have those skills. Gideon does. So if Valentine wants to do the thing, Gideon will just do it. Similarly, if there was something you wanted, like Morgan, if you're like, I want to cover both hallways, it's like you would cover one, Cora covers the other, that sort of thing. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah. prevents me I from say, getting yeah, two you turns. You were talking to me, but yeah. <laughs> I know I was talking to you because it's it, it, this can be true of any of you. Okay. Honestly. Like if, okay. if Eli's like, I want to slice that terminal, see if there's any booze, um, then like... <laughs> Gideon can just do that for you. So, okay. Yeah. Um, Valentine will, Valentine will be working uh, again. He's just going to be shadowing Kotov. So I think they'll, yeah, they'll very much be one person, both in their position in the room and other elements. Uh, if there is any sort of terminal near here, he just wants them to get in and get schematics. Cause right now we don't have a map of this fucking place. And the mm-hmm. faster we can get that for everybody, the more we can effectively move through where we're going. Cause otherwise it's like, there's a thing over there and we just point through walls, hoping taking left and right turns will get us. And that doesn't seem very smart. Um, okay. And keep in mind, you can also assist each other in this. It's not like you each have to have a, a unique action. Uh, Atticus, what are you doing? Securing the area. Um, if this initial spot is very clearly like, okay, and we're, we're, we're safe here for now, Atticus would be, um, at those double doors, um, ready for anything to come through and also ready to push forward. Great. Um, so the uh, the double doors are um, they do seem to be powered, um, so they are inactive. Like if you were to just kind of push slightly against them, um, they don't move. Uh, that said, it's not like they're sealed shut. They are just things with power that are currently not powered. And unfortunately, the the forty k idioms are like heavy metal everywhere, so they're just like thick, sure. thick heavy uh, heavy doors. Yeah. Um, so Atticus would just report that as well. It's just like. Doors here require power, ready to breach when when needed. Yeah, the good news, Atticus, on your front, I think, is that this does provide kind of a natural defense because the doors can't just, like, magically swing open. On yeah. You. All right, and uh, Morgan, what would you be doing? Since they can't move on yet because they're, they have to breach the next section because Morgan would be on scouting, I think she's going to turn to Cora. <laughs> And 
and be like, do you see anything suspicious? Anything spark your interest? Because in her mind, she's like, don't you have interrogator skills? Can you be useful for me here? Come on. <laughs> and like, Quark gives you a really strange look uh, at the familiarity, uh, the familiar way you're speaking to her, given that you have <laughs> never spoken to each other before. It's that very odd to her. Um, and uh, she just says, yeah, I'm going to help Eli. Can you get out of my way? What? I'm sorry, I don't even know why you're talking to me. I have to keep track of you on this mission, so make yourself useful. Great, <laughs> great, yeah. And she just like walks away muttering and like, very, very offensive hive slang that uh, you probably don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's just a lot of like, you know, like people occasionally slip into their mother tongues, like really obscure cuss words. It's just a little bit of that because honestly, it's like she's doing what she was going to do anyway. So there's really <laughs> like nothing has changed for her other than <laughs> the fact that like it's not Valentine giving her an order or the guy who's like in charge of breaching the ship or the guy who's got like military rank it's just like some lady she's seen twice uh which is some real like well we're technically the same title but i'm your boss now kind of nonsense <laughs> yeah, technically um, she is the lowest rung on all of this so, yeah. true and the drug thing hasn't come out so the i'm here to keep an eye on you thing is like okay like i mean in in cora's head this is definitely a oh god this is just the stupid like the different ordos wanting the the glory thing where it's like oh, of course Ordo, you know xenos gets shit on by the hereticus fine like it's cool whatever um so she's gonna add um boost to eli's uh Yay. eli's role because she's uh, oh, assisting, nice. assisting with that and uh, morgan i'm imagining your your grapple hawk is here just yes. so i can toby picture is that here yes is toby riding you is toby flying nearby what is toby's method <laughs> of travel with Laura? like why is this on me get this shit off <laughs> yeah. of me i think uh when when they were at the breaching door he was like more on morgan's shoulder and like helping stabilize the sniper rifle but then <laughs> once they're in a bigger room he just kind of is around he's just looping hmm. around and checking things out cool uh, um okay great so let's go with eli first just because i think i feel like valentine and kotov wouldn't necessarily do anything until you're you reported back just because okay. of how spooky everything is yeah, yeah we're not like, right. let's march the specialist in there we don't really know what's happening yet <laughs> yeah you look for danger simultaneously we're gonna put ourselves in danger uh yeah. cool cool great um, okay, so all right, Eli. so I'm doing a perception check, which isn't great normally, but I have two boosts from my integrated aspects and one from Cora. Um, yeah, I'll also say you get an additional one for. Um, oh, actually, you know what? No, because this isn't a ship specific thing. Uh, so never mind. I take that back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you get one for Cora. Um, Difficulty. I'm going to say uh, difficulty of four because what you're looking at is a very, like you're investigating a very, very specific thing that's kind of hard to suss out based on what has occurred here. Um, Ooh, okay. Like the difference between an object 
falling off a table because someone was searching a room and falling off a table because the room was in motion are similar. Yeah, yeah, I guess I was thinking more of like, has someone like sat here and eaten a snack? Like (laughs) a bit like that kind of stuff. Like crumbs. Okay, so you're looking for like habitation and... Okay, yeah. then I'll drop it to three. That's More a different. like that, yeah. That's a different, yeah, Eli puts a, a finger in a mug to see if it's still warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking for, like, the campfire with, like, a How to Kill the Emperor handbook open and circled. Mm. Um, yeah, the handbook okay. is still warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What's on the flags? What's on the flags? <laughs> yeah, um, okay, cool. So that, that makes sense to me. Okay, so okay, set cool. that at three. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, cool. am I good to go? Yep, go for it. Okay. Two successes, one threat. Okay, cool. I like that. So, uh, Eli and Cora, as you kind of make your um, your sort of quick assessment uh, of the space, um, it doesn't seem as though uh, anything has been through here in a long time. Okay. Um, it is, as I said, difficult to determine if things have been moved around because of a search or because of... Um, yeah. movement because there just is stuff kind of strewn everywhere but um, you don't find any traces of habitation or of like recent activity in here which honestly does kind of track with the the state of the doors um, unless mm-hmm. of course the ship was like powered up doors open doors closed etc but uh, no this this very much feels like an abandoned wing okay based on what you were searching for in terms of the one threat um I'm just going to hold on to that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Sir, I'm satisfied to move on from here. Valentine to move in with Kotov then. This is time to find us a fucking terminal and see what we can learn. Great. Um, so I think maybe that's where we'll play the thread out, uh, which is um, the lack of power to this wing. Uh, so like Kotov basically like in looking at stuff, he's, he says to you, Valentine, um, well, uh, it's possible that I could um, jumpstart uh, any one of these, uh, you know, t- terminals. Uh, but um, in thinking about it, uh, Valentine, there's only so many of these we're going to be able to do uh, before my, my portable battery here uh, kind of runs dry. So if you want me to jumpstart them, I, I can. Uh, but uh, I'm, I'm going to say we probably only get about three uses out of this and if uh if this room isn't connected to the the central hub or if we can't access the central hub then well there it is well then find us somewhere that's connected to the central hub there's our new priority you can confer with eli about the direction that we move in if we've only got three chances i don't want to waste any of them and i really don't want you to waste any of them so let's try to do a good job he says as he checks his power sword just casually, like it's, it's, it's a very subtle threat, but it's clear. Both eyes fall out. <laughs> Just sticks them back in. Um, says, uh, "Yeah, of, uh, of course. You know, the the bridge would do would do the job uh, pretty well. Uh, engineering bridge, either of those should be should be good." Cap's are either of those fight. closer to our beacon? If you were to estimate. Um, and, uh, he, he shrugs. Unfortunately, there was no, the beacon is somewhere on this ship. There was no indication from outside as to, as to where. Sir, the beacon is most likely located on a bridge. If there's anything standard about this ship. 
Well then, to the bridge, friends. Um, all right. So Atticus, um, I assume everyone groups up um, on on the man himself. Um, same uh, same deal. Yep. Oh yeah. Cutter, and then give it a little pop with the uh, power fist. Great. Um, so uh, these doors are much easier to get through because they're not like vacuum sealed against the elements. You do get the sense that they could be if needed, um, just in terms of standard kind of like sealing breaches. But um, uh, you're able to get them open. Um, immediately, there's there's like a hiss. Um, uh, the air around you um, almost uh, undulates a bit um, as, uh, as it gets pulled through. Um, you can f- see in this room that um, there's less atmosphere. Um, mm. Things are, are floating a little bit. Um, and this is, uh, this is also a two-story room, um, but unlike the central atrium, um, it's large platforms with kind of a central, um, central gap. Um, so almost like a, a donut room, um, like a rectangular donut room. Um, in the gap, uh, you can see again two of these quick elevators, uh, as well as what almost looks like one of those like um, pneumatic tube systems uh, for passing. Um, normally, notes in this case, medical equipment uh, up and down rather quickly, um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, very clearly um, an ER. Um, so you can see a lot of slabs um, that are are installed. Uh, Eli, of course, to to specifications, they're bolted in so they don't just like drift around um uh there is um uh you see a number of of kind of like old uh brownish um discolorations on on the various slabs um there the room is definitely not clean um and certainly not uh sterile um there are no bodies uh to be found um but you can certainly see restraint harnesses and all manner of like you know unpleasant 40k medical gear um servo arms and things bolted into the walls with with saws and such uh, that said it is a little bit sparse um there's uh, there seem to be some bits missing uh from from these um and that's kind of what you see at first glance uh similar to the previous room though um it you know there's no you don't see or hear any movement in here aside from air um, escaping out the, and sorry, I should say across from you, there are still two more of these entrances, yeah. these like flippy floppy doors um, that are closed um, that seemed would lead based on your understanding of the geography of the ship into the body of the ship. Um, however, to your right, um, there is a, um, a domed door. So kind of like an arched uh, door um, with uh, a, a much more industrial kind of sliding um, door situation with like the Adeptus Mechanicus face in the center mm. of it. Uh, so one of those doors with like the little cutout uh, puzzle piece mm. thing that looks super cool in sci-fi and fantasy. Um, and uh, it is open a crack. Um, and beyond it, um, you can see air just kind of, um, hissing through it. It's not enough to like drain the atmosphere of the room. It's like a small puncture that's just very slowly leaking, um, atmosphere based on your understanding of the geography, this would lead out to uh, landing platform number two. So yeah. if people were being delivered on mass, this is how they would get to the ER. So that's the one further back in the ship. Um, yes. So that's yeah, the, okay. uh, the landing platform that's like mid ship. 
exposed to the, to space. Okay. Uh, so Tom, so did sorry, did we have artificial gravity in the air, or were you just like we're totally gravityless? No, no, you have you have gravity. Um, oh. This room is just uh, there's less atmosphere in this room um, from the the cracks, so things are just a little little floaty because sci-fi. That does. Sorry, just because like air you pressure the wouldn't, here, Tom, wouldn't so have, have anything to do with gravity. Well, l- let me tell you. So we're in the grim darkness of the future where there's <laughs> only war and skulls can fly around and deliver you information. So what I'm telling you is you have gravity. You can walk around. Things are a little bit floaty because cool sci-fi imagery. Uh, okay. Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to understand. I understand. And I'm just telling you, I only think in cool visuals. And unfortunately, I grew up watching Star Wars. So like physics and space is (laughs) World War II fighters for me uh, with banking and fire. Um, So if it helps, there is artificial gravity. It's a subsystem that's powered by something somewhere that's low level. So there's gravity. The air is a little fucky. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. Cool. Valentine at this point is, because he's expecting to have to go through like, Ships in 40k could be kilometers long. So this could be like mm-hmm. a long fucking walk, which means every room is equally important, which also means every room is not that important until they get to the bridge in terms of that. So he is the scholar progenium trained former commissar turned inquisitor. His head is on a fucking swivel. He's at the back of the group. He's got his aspects out. He is just watching for any hmm. sign of anything hostile coming towards them. Because realistically, they'll solve the mystery of this ship so much easier when they just open up a computer on the bridge. Right now, it's just solving the mystery of is something going to try to fucking kill us in this or the next room? Because he's also aware that you can't clear half a ship behind you. There's no way. Like, we're just constantly in danger. So Mm -hmm. he's that guy at the back who's just, like, watching where we're going, trusting everyone else to look forwards while watching the back and just run in the aspects until we get somewhere we can hack something. Great. Yeah. So, um, no, there's nothing nothing in here. Um, nothing's rushing you. Nothing's th- you're not getting the little alien pings. Um, <laughs> so you're you're good on that front. Um, was there an additional piece to that, Ryan, or is it just like uh, he the aspects gives him additional stuff for, for perception. So if there's stuff that could be picked up, theoretically, he could learn things from the scene as he's moving. Like it's not just a, a motion detector. It basically it just gives him a bonus two boosts to any time yeah, yeah, yeah. he does perception. Did you want to examine this room at all or do you want to move move through it? To your point, these ships are rather large. Um, so Valentine to wants how? to get to the bridge. He doesn't give a shit about any of these individual okay. rooms. Eli, you're, you're in charge of the party. Is there anything you'd want to investigate in here? Um. Uh, no, <laughs> it's like, uh, we can, I think, uh, Eli would, uh, want to move something in front of the secondary door that we're not using so that we can know if anything has moved through it. Sure. Yep. It's easy to do. Okay. You make Cora so, do it. That's a Cora job. <laughs> yeah. It's like you girl move the, I mean. My apologies. And She's an interrogator. Interrogator. Role, just like interrogator. Like a Cora. Baby. I know. <laughs> just like fucking heretic. Has not been so good. He has not been around Inquisitors a long time. Um, no. My apologies, <laughs> at Interrogator Cora. That's uh, uh, fine. Take that. Uh, and he just points to like a, you know, kind of like one of those island weird table. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> things. <laughs> Like say, good for appetizers, things, like also for scalpels. <laughs> yeah, sure. Valentine, as the only person who apparently came prepared for this, just whistles and then tosses her a big roll of like tiny tape 
So she could just roll a thing of tape over the door and it'll float away or it'll peel off if it's used. So we don't have to try to like weirdly booby trap every door with a table. Ingenious, sir. <laughs> I think ahead. It's what I do. Atticus is squared up and ready to breach the, the next set of doors. Great. So she she puts the tape trap um, on on that door and, uh, and joins you. Um, you breach the next door into uh, the body of the ship. Um, and as this door opens, um, it opens up into um, a, a massive open atrium. Um, so a huge portion of the center of the ship um, is consumed by this massive um, sort of two-story space. Um, the walkway you're on has two curved staircases leading down, and you can see that the uh, walkway on the other side has uh, similar features. Um, and below you, um, improbably, is uh, an overgrown and dead garden, uh, in the center of which is um, a large, um, very dry fountain. Um, and you can see all manner of kind of those Victorian style um, wrought iron benches um, around and uh, almost like, uh, you know, small hedge maze type things. There's a labyrinth carved into the ground um, in sort of a large flat circle. Um, and uh, that's sort of the the dominant part of, of this space. Above you is a massive um, dome um, that is... Um, Clearly, um, uh, is is glass, so you can sort of see up and up and through it. But it is very murky um, and and kind of uh, almost sooty um, from just neglect and and lack of care. Um, but uh, this is very clearly meant to be kind of an ornate space of some sort. Looking directly across, you can see doors that lead presumably to ER one and the the missing wing on the far side. Um, to your right, uh, the walkway continues past these curving stairs to, um, uh, a large, uh, well, actually, sorry, just to a, a large central staircase. This, this seems to be the terminus of this floor, the lower floor where the, uh, the sanctuary gardens are is, um, uh, has a, a doorway at the north end that leads deeper into the ship. The bridge is to the south, um, and you can see that there is um, an ornate set of doors that are clearly the facade behind which the actual functional, you know, like you think about like on a cruise ship or, or like the Titanic or something where it's like, oh, yeah, everything's really nice if it's facing the like people. Customer facing? As yeah, it the customer facing <laughs> stuff is great. And then you get behind it, and it's just like metal bulkheads and function. It's just like, no, fuck yeah. off. We need to run a ship. So Eli, for you, this is very much like, okay, yeah, cool. You built a thing in front of the thing. Um, but uh, basically, the the two-story piece um, has kind of come to an end for now. Um, mm. So essentially, uh, to your right, you can go deeper into the ship on the bottom floor. Um, to your left, uh, there's an entryway to the bridge, and across from you is the mirrored wing to the one you just came from. And I will say there are, uh, similar to uh, hospitals in real life, there are like um, ornate panels set into the walls um, with, you know, arrows pointing to where yeah. various things. So is the bridge are. like right behind this door? So yeah, at? to to the left. Um, so like looking into the the big kind of garden space. Yeah. To your left, if you follow that wall, there's like a big ornate 
set of like wooden double doors yeah. beyond which the, the bridge lies. Okay. Uh, but presumably there's like a real door somewhere behind. There's probably like a little yeah, hallway yeah, yeah. and then an actual real people door. So Eli will say, uh, sir, in the interest of time, I suggest we go straight to the bridge, clear it out. And uh, Atticus, uh, Cora, and I can keep watch at the other entrances to this area to make sure no one is coming up behind us. Agreed. I mean, Valentine literally has only said, let's go to the bridge. He's just in full combat mode. He's got Kotov, which is weird seeing like a robot man, but he's got him like the secret service where there's always that like hand on back of collar, keeping them a little bit ducked over. And he is just watching all the angles where anybody could be coming yeah. out. Uh, and Eli kind of sidles up to Morgan. Uh, and we do we have like, we have microbeads. I would assume, I assume so. Yeah. Again, um, like Billingberg's ship is is decked out, so I gotta yeah. imagine he's got like a drawer full. Of I just want to get on like a channel with Morgan, mm-hmm. um, and just say Rawls, watch Kotov like a hawk. I will do that, and uh, she will keep her human eyes on Kotov and and Valentine. Um, but since this is a big open room, and since that the area they have to walk down into is so big, I think she would instantly have like a toby fly over and around to check out any of the like if they're on a walkway there's space underneath that we can't see anything Mm -hmm. so Mm, i think she would have him do just a whole pass over before they start walking down anywhere sure and the space underneath is like um the walls are 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 painted in kind of like a, a pastoral you know like there's those pointed trees that are always in like you know, old paintings, just like mysterious, like <laughs> tall pointed trees. Um, very relaxing um, if the paint is somewhat chipped and cracked. Um, and there's like water fountains and and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, again, no no sign of, of anything. There's no sign of movement. Um, there is no real trace of, of anyone down here. Um, it, uh, it it seems relatively uh, relatively empty. I'm not seeing any movement or signs of life at all underneath. Excellent. Atticus, shall we? And Eli gestures to the door, to the bridge. He's on his way. Great. Um, so you don't need to, again, this isn't really a, a roll situation. <laughs> um, you open the wooden doors, uh, which are fine. And sure enough, behind them, there's like a proper bulkhead door. Um, they use the cutter on the wooden doors. <laughs> yeah, fuck those wooden doors up. Yeah. Um, so you crack the wooden doors, um, you burn through the main uh, the main door, and uh, Valentine, to your great relief, uh, it opens up into the bridge space. So this is, um, again, you can think of the, uh, the bridge on um, like a cargo ship or like a cruise ship or anything else where it's kind of like a wide, a big wide space um, with kind of the rounded uh, front um, viewport uh, that you kind of saw from outside. Um, a series of, of panels and instruments kind of line that wall. Uh, so the southernmost wall um, kind of out onto space um, with a variety of, of, you know, swivel chairs and that sort of thing. Um, there is a central kind of console uh, for the captain, um, as well as uh, places where you would plug in your, your navigators, that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, the similar pieces to what you would uh, normally be expecting, um, as well as the two gun wells so um you know again massive cannons um 
do you get the sense the ship isn't heavily armed? Rather, it has very heavy armaments that are really meant to be the d- main deterrent uh, to buy it time to get out. Um, the bridge itself uh, is also empty, but has certainly enough machinery that, like Valentine, you can feel like Kotov is practically vibrating with excitement at looking at all these these ports that that he can plug into. Um, and he just kind of was like, "Oh yeah, this will this will do this will do just fine." Um, but all of that is somewhat secondary um, to you as as your your flashlights light up this this small space because although there is no one here on the bridge, um, all of you uh, are acutely aware of uh, the many pointed icon of chaos uh, that's been painted in blood across the center console, uh, and the small pile of skulls um, that uh, rest beneath the words "Blood for the Blood God." This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merch dice available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Are they Imperator and death to all the heretics? Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorain Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards, Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden, Melissa Rain. And Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Mount Absalom, a community, a heritage, a home. The green jewel in the majestic crown of Ohio. For 200 years, Mount Absalom has been a place to play. N32. Bingo! A place to learn. For in thy green and growing arms, we have everything we need. All right, now let's get out our math homework. A place to work. Here at the Celery Bottling Works, we produce over 2,000 bottles of celery soda every day. A place to raise a family. Ah, it's a girl. 
It's a place of history. And here we have the barrel of whiskey that Confederate soldiers stole from Mount Absalom patriot Amelia Pleasance during Morgan's raid. And of course, a place of celery. 201st Celery Festival, I dub thee Open! Mount Absalom is the perfect place for making memories. For making memories. For making memories. For making memories. Make your memories with us. Make your memories here. And Absalom. Paid for by the Delphi Quarter of Mount Absalom and Solaric Bottling Works. Refreshing Solaric Soda and Diet Solaric Soda. <sighs> Well, a Midwestern Gothic mystery. Learn more at unwellpodcast.com.